Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Tasty Tidbits Podcast. Get ready to receive rich, well-seasoned, and tasteful tidbits to transform your life. Each week, Dr. Tiffany comes to you with inspirational encouragement and thought-provoking interviews to help you revolutionize your walk with God. Are you hungry for more of His presence? Then get ready. And now, your host, pastor, author, and motivational speaker, Dr. Tiffany Watkins. Hello today to all of my listeners. Thank you for joining again. This is Apostle Dr. Watkins, and I appreciate you joining us today. I am so excited about this month because this month is Domestic Violence Month, and I have prayed about asking uh, different individuals to be able to come on and share their stories that could help somebody else. And that's what we're looking to do today and the rest of this month is if you are in a relationship and you feel like you're being abused and you don't know how to get out, I have people that will be able to encourage you, pray with you, talk to you, and just give you some insights to know that you're not alone. And even at the end of the month, I will be having a doctor to come on and give you some guidelines and things that you may need because we know in the midst of the pandemic, there's a lot of things that are going on and some aren't able to get out. And it seems like domestic violence is increasing. So we want to give you the tools that you need in order to be able to get out of the situation that you're in or at least learn how and know the patterns of abuse so that if you're getting in a relationship, you can recognize those patterns even before you get into those types of relationships. Although we will be talking to to mostly women, men do experience domestic violence as well. And we will address that as well, probably in the last part of the month. But with that being said, I want to thank Prophetess Helen Jones for being on with us today. Thank you so much, Helen Jones, for being with us today and just even uh, being able to commit to talk to the women today and talk to the men or anyone um, that may be listening under the sound of our voice today concerning domestic violence, because I believe that it is prevalent today and it is a very big issue. So thank you so much for joining us. God bless you, Apostle Wilkins. Thank you for inviting me. It's an honor. It is an honor and to share my story and my testimony. Well, thank thank you. you. Thank you so much. She is a dear sister in Christ. And anytime I need her, she always shows up. And you don't have that many people that you can depend on. But Prophetess Jones is one that I can say I truly can depend on. And I thank thank God for her and thank God Mm -hmm. for the anointing of God in her life. Uh, So we're going to just kind of get started. And we're just going to kind of talk a little bit today because um, I believe that domestic violence is a really big issue. And I've experienced it personally, not in relationships, but when I was growing up and when uh, my sister, Elder Brownlee, she's going to come on in a couple of weeks and also talk about it. But when we were growing up in the home, uh, my mother experienced domestic violence. And it was in middle and high school for years where we had to, you know, get up in the middle of the night and, you know, jump in fights. And, you know, but then we would go to church and feel like everything as a teenager, that everything was okay. But we would run to the church because we knew that my mother had been abused and things had been going on. And so it affected me in one way and it affected my sister in another way and she will share about that but with me um, it just did uh, for me uh, issues with love and being able to trust and uh, being able to trust anybody individually because as I understand even as I was growing up and a lot of the guys that I dated they said that I was hard you know but the reason that I was hard because I had seen uh, what a man had did to my mother and so I even going into the relationship I would tell them, I was like, look, if you think you're going to put a hand on me, you got another thing coming because you might as well not even be in this relationship. (laughs) But I, I would start that off with that type of, you know, mentality, not realizing that that was hurt there, you know, because everybody wasn't like that. But because I had experienced it where I was, you know, I was just very, very uh, on the defense when it came to relationships. And so I think that even as children, when we experience domestic violence in the home, it affects us and how we see our relationships. And so that Mm -hmm. is something that we really need to look at. But I just want you to kind of tell us a little bit about yourself so everybody 
to know who you are and then just share with us your experience with domestic violence and you know and so on and so forth amen god bless you i can truly truly testify um testify with the apostle everything that you just um had spoke about um i am some call me elder, some call me prophetess, some call me worship leader. Um, so You're anointed. The oil is on you. <laughs> thank God. Thank God. Um, but I am um, Helen Marie Jones. I am a um, wife to Elder Arvin Jones, who is a tremendous blessing from the Lord. Um, I'm a mother of three awesome, amazing daughters in Believe it or not, I'm a grandmother of 10. Wow, wow. <laughs> yeah, I am a grandmother of 10, and I'm proud to say I love my grandbabies to pieces. <laughs> but um, <laughs> God is good and has blessed our family. Um, I'm, a, I'm a worship leader at um, Bethel Impact in Simpsonville, and I wear a lot of other hats. Um, mm -hmm. I, I actually have a women's ministry God has called me to a 5 a.m. morning glory prayer. So God has just been doing some things. But most of all, I am a domestic violence survivor. I, amen. I, God, amen. God pulled me out of a bad, bad um, marriage. But my experience, I, I, that's when I said I agree with you. Because my, my experience with domestic violence actually started in the home, just like you just spoke. And I wow. saw my father beat my mother. Mm -hmm. But the difference with mine was my father didn't just beat my mother. He beat me as well. Wow. And that was, yeah. I, I, and I remember some of it, it started at a, I think I was age two. Um, it went on for seven years. Um, after I was born because he left us at the age I was seven when my father um, left us but um, it, it was a tragedy I can still remember some of it as if it was yesterday um, yes. it was a very hard place um, in my life and I remember the beatings with some people thought that it was a father just discipline or whooping the child I didn't I didn't have that experience my father actually beat me to death he would tie me up to the bed with my jump rope and make me strip butt naked oh, and just wow. beat me yes I went through a very um tragedy childhood I really mm -hmm. didn't even get to experience a real childhood because my childhood was just full of torment, mm -hmm. brokenness, um, unlove. And it was so bad that he did my mother. Um, the, before he left, he had um, beat my mother up so bad. And at this particular time, I was actually, my grandmother finally rescued me. And that's why I tell a lot of people I was raised by my grandmother because when my grandmother um, saw the beatings and the scars on and the whips on my body she finally her and my uncle finally took the initiative and got me out the home but my mother was afraid to stay was, mm -hmm. was afraid to leave mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. of her life so she stayed but of course the beating never stopped um, until one particular morning my grandmother was a very she was a prophet herself and she was a praying woman of God and she sent something in the spirit and she kept saying something's not right. And my, my father had beat my mother so bad that he left her for dead um, right in our ha the house that we used to stay in. Had not, had not my grandmother followed the leading of the Holy Spirit, we probably, my mother wouldn't have been alive today. Wow. Um, and, and when the police, they had to literally break the house down to get in. And she, he had beat her so bad and broke her jaw. And he was, um, she was laying on the floor, barely, barely making it. So they made her to the, got her to the hospital. And, you know, they had to do some work on her. But even in that, you know, God brought her through, thank God. But even thank in you. that, it was still an abuse on our behalf because, she couldn't mother me like a mother mm -hmm. could raise a daughter mm -hmm. because all she did when she saw me was him. 
Mm-hmm. Um, everybody used to always tell me when I was little, I looked just like my father. Well, now that I've gotten older, everybody say I look like my mother. But all my mother saw was him, which caused her to um, neglect me. Mm-hmm. Well, really reject me. So I, I even experienced rejection um, and, and even the spirit of um, an offering, uh, offering, you know, a child that, you know, just didn't have a mother. Um, I'm probably saying the word wrong, but, you know, it, it was, a, I would say within the last five years, it's the best years that me and my mother really have had. But growing up, Mm-hmm. There was always resentment because my mother wasn't there and my father wasn't there. And I always just spoke about my grandmother and my uncle mainly. So that's why I said my experience started in the home mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. Little did I realize that it was going to affect my life as a whole. And, and I want to stop right stop you right there for mm-hmm. a second before you go into that because mm-hmm. when I um when we were growing up you know and it was a little different I know my mother loved us but because she was going through that herself she couldn't even mm-hmm. by the time she went through the abuse um it was challenging for her because she was being beat you know those things were happening to her and mm-hmm. so it was just enough for her to get the work and you know do what she has to do and experience and those things and so a lot of that we never heard even when as a child I love you even though I knew my mother Mm -hmm. loved us but we didn't hear it a lot because she was experiencing and going through those things on her own and so I understand and that's I think that's why I went out the way I did and was promiscuous the way I was did because I did not hear the word I love you even though I knew she did and now and like you said we have a we before she passed away the years the last years of her life several years we had a wonderful relationship you know once Mm -hmm. I got out of college but um and we finally said I love you to each other but you know I can only imagine what my mother was going through she probably didn't even you know love herself to be even allowed to be in that situation and I'm sure you'll touch on that and so Mm -hmm. as you get older you realize that it's just a lot of demons that they were dealing with with themselves so that is so true that is so true yes and little did we know we don't know me and my sister I have a older sister I'm the baby girl we don't know our family history. Well, my sister do, because we have different fathers. Um, But on my mother's side, we don't even know the history behind the abuse because my mother was put up for adoption. So for her to get where she was, you know, we don't know where it started. But um, I can relate to you there too, because my mother, it was hard for her to tell me that she loved me. Um, because, and she, she admitted to me, all she saw was a reflection of my father. Right. So it caused her to kind of like resent me as her daughter. And it, it was a hard place. I understand it now, right. but growing, growing up, I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, so I resented her because she never came to school with me. She never did the mother and daughter lunch, the mother and daughter breakfast. She, she really wasn't in my life. That's how I felt, you know, at that moment. And even though we all were up under, we ended up all under one roof because my grandmother had her home and we all stayed with my grandmother, but she still never, all my, my sister got all the attention and not me because she had to get past the fact she she not to look at me as if I was my dad you know right. and that that was a hard place for her and I understand it now but at the moment it caused me to resent her and mm. I was ang- I was angry with her that I didn't care to talk to her I didn't care to be in her life all I wanted was to get away from her that that's all I wanted right. at that moment and I didn't realize that even through all that she's been through and the way that I was starting to feel that it started looking like I was attracting the same type of relationship mm-hmm. that she had attracted. So it was like my life was being patterned the same way. And then as me and my sister began to dig into a lot of her family history, we found the story where her natural mother 
you know, left her on the doorstep where my grandmother, her her natural mother and my grandmother were best of friends. Wow. And her, her mother was in a bad relationship that she turned to drugs. And when she had my mom, she didn't want my mom. So my mom was left on the doorstep and my grandmother took her and raised her. So that's why I said it was just a cycle. A generational you know. curse, basically. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. And so now that I know it now, but I didn't know it. Right. Then, so then that's when I started attracting the same type of relationships because all I ever wanted to do was to be loved. So I thought I had to go out there and make people love me, whether it mm-hmm. was a man. I, now, I wasn't one of these women, you know, or people that just, uh, you know, went went and slept with a whole lot of men. Right. But, you know, I, I if, if they gave me attention, you know, it, it, I was an easy target. I was mm-hmm. a very easy mm-hmm. target for it because I just wanted to be loved. And it was amazing. I've, I've been in church all my life. We grew, I grew up in five baptized holiness church. And um, <laughs> the, the guy that my first marriage, it, he was the drummer. Wow. Wow. <laughs> we grew up, we grew up. I mean, my grandmother, that's what she did. She never worked. She baby, she kept children in the home. So you know, my grandmother used to keep him, you know, we, mm-hmm. we knew each other, you know, and he was an amazing drummer, can tear up some drums, <laughs> you know, and so, you know, I thought we had a balance here, I'm a singer, he's a drummer, <laughs> right, we both right. music inclined, and, but little did I know, um, and, you know, we started dating, and you know, Apostle what seemed to be good actually turned into a nightmare. Well, I thought it, I thought it was a good pattern. I thought it was a good fit, you know, and, but at the moment I was too blinded, you know, because I hadn't even dealt with my own skeletons. I hadn't Mm -hmm. dealt with my own problems, my own hurt. So I just, I, you know, when he asked me to marry him and my first thought, fine, yes, let's do it. I can get away from my mom, Mm -hmm. you know, because we still wasn't on good terms, you know, and, so I got married to him at the age of 19. And the crazy thing was the Lord stopped the wedding, but I just wanted to get away from my mom. And I begged him not to not to stop the wedding. Let's wow. do it. Let's do it. And I wasn't, we wasn't even in a marriage a whole year before it turned into a nightmare. Wow. And we were at a church service, never didn't know that he was possessed with spirits because I was so blinded. And the spirits would just act up in him in the home and he would act like a incredible hope man. And it just, the abuse started from there. It just started going and he would he would accuse me of having people in the house, other men's in the house. He would go to work and he would think that he would think that he'll come home and that I had I done slept with somebody else mm-hmm. and I tell him that I did and he didn't believe me and I got I got beat for every little thing. Every little thing. Mm-hmm. And it's so crazy because when I had my first daughter, um, Shamika, I was I, I, I actually lived in um, in torment because I couldn't sleep because I didn't know what he was going to do because the spirits would speak out through him to kill the baby. And he had fought me and jumped on me while I was carrying her. Wow. And, and so I had to stay in the place of, you know, doing the process. I couldn't sleep at night because I didn't know what he was going to do. I was fear fear in my life but still didn't know how to break free from it you know Mm -hmm. so I went on I had my daughter I was still going to church um and serving God you know to the best of my ability but I wasn't free you know I was unhappy I was depressed and so much went on and I had my my oldest daughter and three weeks later you know how they tell you when not to have, you know, intercourse after after six mm-hmm. weeks after you had the baby. Mm-hmm. I couldn't, I couldn't, because if I didn't give it up, I was gonna get beat for it. So um, that's why my two oldest ones are so close together. Because wow. after after I had her, 
Then I got pregnant again with my middle daughter, Jasmine. And Jasmine, when Jasmine was born, he beat me so bad with Jasmine. When she was born, she had bruises all over her body. Wow. I, would, I wouldn't even let them take pictures of her. It was that bad. Mm-hmm. And that's when the social services, they, somebody, they knew something was going on. Right, and right. I was so depressed. I wouldn't even... At, you know, I wouldn't even, at that time, you could let the baby stay in the nursery. They didn't bring the baby in the room until you wanted wanted them and wanted the child. And um, I was so depressed. I, I never kept her. My grandmother had to keep her for about a good 30 days before I finally had to, you know, get her. And just, I, I was just depressed, just didn't mm-hmm. want the child. Mm-hmm. And I went through, I went through so many mind battles and, oh God, it was just awful. But this, the, the thing is, it, it, like you said, it was a cycle. Right, and, right. And that's where I, I did realize that until I got up under Bishop Mayer. And he said, he, he, he would always call me daughter. And he said, this, this is a cycle. We got to break the cycle because if we don't, it's going to try to attach to your seed, you know? And that's, that's when I had to really study up on God, teach me how to break this cycle. Cause I didn't want my daughters to go through it. Even yeah. Though they did, even yes. Though they did. <laughs> right, 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 <laughs> right, right. Because it's a generational thing that a generational demon that you battle um, mm-hmm. and when you're going through that. But, you know, I was sitting here listening to your story um, and just um, wanted to ask you, did you ever blame God or did you ever question him during this time? What was your relationship with, with God at that time? And, and, and how did you talk to him if you did? I, I did blame God for the longest. I, mm-hmm. I re- I actually got to the point I resented God. I didn't want to go to church no more. I didn't want to read my Bible. I didn't mm-hmm. want to sing no more. I didn't want to write no more. Um, as as a matter of fact, I kind of, well, I'm not going to say I kind of, that's how I felt. Because I used to be, I used to could write music like crazy. And it was like, I just went through a blockage where I couldn't write songs anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I think that had a lot to do with just where I was in my mind at that time. But yes, I did resent God. Um, mm-hmm. I was angry. I was angry that I didn't have the mother figure. I didn't have the father figure. And now my whole life is messed up. You know, I, I got, I had an abuse with my dad and other stuff went on with my father too. Um, where he touched me in areas that didn't mm-hmm. need to be touched, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, to mm-hmm. be honest, even though I was married, even um, I felt like I even got raped even as a married wife because wow. you took something from me and I'm trying to heal, but I didn't want to do it because, you know, I'm first of all, I'm healing from, you know, from mm-hmm. having another baby, mm-hmm. you know, and then... But if I didn't do it, I was going to get beat up for it. And the crazy wow. thing was, even though I still went ahead and just did it, I still got jumped on for it, you know. Mm. But um, so being touched, you know, by your father in areas that mm-hmm. way. And then you're now in a marriage where you can be free, you know, to right. have intimacy. Right. But it wasn't really intimacy, you know, right. it was. It was torment. It was right, and I, so I felt like I was raped. I raped. Really it was, I was getting ready to say rape. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did. Even though I was married, I was raped. Mm-hmm. And people, you know, and when I say that to people, they be like, Hi, "But you was married." But right. I still, I, I still said no. And right. That's, that's, right. You know, because not because I didn't want to be that submissive wife, but it was because. I, you know, I'm trying to heal. Heal, you right. Know. You're trying to heal. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> You're trying to heal and that's painful. And that's why the doctors give you that recommendation of what you need to do. And so you mm-hmm. were only trying to heal. And I hear people say that, how can you be uh, raped in a marriage? But it happens all the time. You know, mm-hmm. it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. It does. And it's, it's happening even now. There are wives that are literally in bad relationships and that's mm-hmm. how they feel but they too scared to say it 
and especially in the church especially Mm -hmm. in the church uh prophetess especially in the church um they are afraid to say it they want to be submissive according to what the scripture says but Mm -hmm. really the bible is against violence you know in Mm -hmm. psalms 11 and 5 and it says the lord examines the righteous but the wicked and those who love violence god's soul hates so he hates mm-hmm. violence. And so if, mm-hmm. if, if you're experiencing domestic violence in a relationship, whether you're a man or a woman, God hates that. And so mm-hmm. uh, we, we've we been told, and I, I just have to say this because I know I have all types of listeners that'll be listening, but a lot of times in African-American families, what goes on here stays here. And so right. you, don't, you don't let that information out. You don't get it out. And so especially mm-hmm. when you're going to church, you don't want people to know that you're going through physical abuse in your relationship or you're being raped mm-hmm. in your home. You don't want to share that, especially because a lot of times there are pastors and uh, leaders in the ministry that are going through that or either uh, doing the abuse. And so they don't want to... Um, make their spouse look bad, sort of say, right. and, and, right. and keep believing God that it's going to change. And so there are many women that do it, even going through emotional abuse and where mm. people are selfish and, you know, and they just want their way the whole time. And so they manipulate the word in order to get the, the spouse to submit. Um, and mm-hmm. so it is a big issue. And so that's why I was mm-hmm. wondering, had you blamed God? Because, you know, that is a cycle. And you talked about, you know, being abused um, by the father. And even, you know, my story, I have my book written on a sexual abuse, abuse of the youth within the church. And I went through not only in the church, but just sexual abuse all the way around um, in the Mm -hmm. family and, you know, different types of things. And it's because, and I, I really truly believe this prophetess and I share with people all the time after you sing and I hear, I said, there's oil on Prophetess Jones. And you know why there's oil? Because of the suffering you went through. And a lot of people don't understand that, you know, they figure, you know, people ask me all the time, why you didn't leave the church? I said, because, you know, I love the Lord, you know, and um, I may have gone through hate and, you know, those types of things, but I love the Lord. And so for you, I, I share that with you because a lot of times people want to be where we are, but don't understand what we had to go through mm-hmm. in order to get the oil. And so Amen. that is a, a, a I, I know that, and I say God allowed it, you know, say God allowed this, that he allowed this to happen, you know, but guess how many women that you will be able to help? I don't believe mm-hmm. God did not bring this on you. He did not bring this on me, but because we're in a fallen world, because we're in a world right. of sin and because people are selfish and deal with demonic oppression, this is why those things happen. But I always look at it this way and say, you know what, Lord, thank you for allowing me to be able to go through this so I'm able to share with somebody else. And I want to say to you, just before we go on, just thank you for sharing your story because I know it's going to help a lot of women and be able to just get through it and know that they're not alone because the devil will make us think that we're alone and we're never alone. Somebody else has gone through it and came out of it and you have truly uh, come out of it. And I thank God for your story because it's been, even right now has really been a blessing to me. Amen. To God be the glory. So kind of tell me, so you were, so you were a Christian at the time. Were Mm -hmm. you in and out? Uh, So um, how did you finally get out of that uh, relationship? What, tell me what happened with that. We, um, we were under Bishop Mayors at the time as we had left father. After we got married, um, Bishop, my um, ex-husband, he was a, uh, the drummer for Bishop Mayor. So we left the five baptized movement because Bishop, we fought to follow Bishop Mayor, which he started uh, Rivers of Life here in Greenville. And um, so we was up under him um, after that point. So he came to Greenville because I'm from Greenwood. I don't, I don't know if I ever shared that with you. No, I'm from Greenwood. no, I went to school yeah. in Greenwood. I went to Lander. Okay. <laughs> oh, you know all about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, Greenwood is my hometown. That's where I was born and raised. Um, so we left Greenwood and moved. Uh, well, he came first, and then he. Um, I stayed with back home with my mom and grandmother until he found uh, an apartment and a job. 
So he came to Greenville and moved here and he found a job working with the city and then he got in his apartment. And then, you know, from there, the church really helped us because we had nothing. We had no car, no furniture. So every, you know, everybody in the church kind of chipped in and helped us out to get around until we were able to get things that we needed. Um, but it was, it was still um, a challenge. I'm telling you, the marriage didn't even last a whole year we did not make it a whole entire year. Wow. Um, and within that, that, that time period, I, I had got pregnant with two children, <laughs> but anyway, um, I'm grateful that, that I, I don't resent my, my daughters. I'm grateful. You know, I hate that I had to go through what I had to go through, mm-hmm. but it was a blessing to, um, for me to have them in my life, especially after, um, um, you know, God had to do a work with me too, because I almost put Jasmine in the same place my mom put me, and I had to catch myself because I did something I don't want on nobody. Mm-hmm. But um, we, after um, Jasmine was born, I never forget. I had we had um, Bishop Mayors used to do Friday night jubilee services every Friday night, and I had went to church that night and. Um, when I got home from church, I had to been in labor all day that day and didn't even know it. But as soon as I got home from church, then praising God and everything and sit down. And I remember sitting down in a recliner and um, the contractions started coming back to back. But before that happened, he was already in a rage. So mm. I know God allowed me to go into I had to be in labor that whole day and just didn't know it. But the pain, he was already, when he walked in the house, he had this, you could see the demon on him. Mm-hmm. And he had this evil look like he was getting ready to just start. And I just kept sitting there. And I, in my mind, I was just praying. And then all of a sudden, I started having contractions back to back, back to back. So I started screaming. And I said, "It's I'm having contractions back to back. So it it scared him to where I guess they say he came back to himself. <laughs> and so <laughs> he um, immediately had to um, get someone to come take me to the hospital. As soon as I got rushed to the hospital, I was already eight centimeter had dilated. So they didn't even get to prep me or anything. She was coming so fast. And when she came out, um, I, I was already in a bad state at that moment. But when I got released from the hospital, um, my grandmother, she would always, even with my first baby, she always came up to to help take care of me. She would try to stay two weeks. Well, I told her I didn't want, I didn't want Jasmine. I wouldn't, I told her she had to keep her. I didn't want her. Mm -hmm. So I got home and, um, and I was just praying. I remember praying, I don't want to be here, God. And I, Mm -hmm. and I remember praying this prayer, God, if you get me out, I don't know how you could do it because I was too scared to leave on my own. But I kept praying, God, if you if you get me out, I won't go back. Mm-hmm. That next morning, after I got home, I was um, that next morning. He went to work, and he got the fight. He got the fighting with some guy on his job, and he lost his job. Wow. Um, he took he took a shovel and hit the guy, and the guy pressed charge that he. He, the city fired both of them and he lost his job. Well, I wasn't working. He lost his job. We was already living, didn't have no money saved, no money at all. We were already living from paycheck to paycheck. So I didn't know what, you know, it was just a matter of time that we were going to, if he didn't find something else, we were going to lose our place. And still praying, God, if you get me out, I won't go back. Well, that's what happened. He never he never went out to look for another job. So I had, I'm still trying to heal from having a baby. I went and worked at a Burger King making salads. I'll never forget. And I was only, she, I think Jasmine was only like three weeks old. And I went out to try to find work so that I could try to help keep the house up because he wouldn't find another job. But needless to say, I, I was at Burger King, but it wasn't enough to pay the rent. You know, Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. we lost our job and that was every opportunity for me to just pack up. Well, we lost everything. We didn't even have time to pack up. Everything got thrown out. We had no truck. 
And so my um my sister came up and picked me up, well picked us all up. And I didn't want to go I didn't want to go stay with his mom. So I negotiated with him that I'm gonna go and stay with my mom. You go stay with your mom until I had to put it like that. Right. But I had I had already made up in my mind okay, God, you're answering my prayers. Mm-hmm. I'm going to my mom, but I had already made up my mind. I'm not going back. And it was a struggle. I had to, you know, go through even more torment um, where he cussing me out, showing up at my mom's house, trying to break in the house because we wouldn't let him in. So we had to get a restraining order on him, trying to show up at my job. Um, but I was determined I wasn't going back. I, I didn't want that anymore. I didn't want that for my children and I didn't want it anymore for my life. And so when God, when that happened, it was a reason why he lost his job and we had to get evicted because that was my way of escape. And that's wow. how God, I, I didn't know about the shelters at the time. I didn't know about safe harbor things that I'm hearing about now. I didn't know about counseling. People back in our days, if you just talk, try to send somebody to counseling, they'll think you're a lunatic or something. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> you know, things that I know now and that I even recommend now, um, I didn't know about it. So it was like, I was all alone with two babies fighting my way through. Wow. And, but all I remember praying, God, if you get me out, I won't go back. And I haven't been back since. Wow. To God be the glory. And you know what? And I, you know, and I look at it and I look at the ones and I think about it sometimes because I like these crime shows. I, I love uh, investigative mm-hmm. discovery. And sometimes I watch about um, these relationships. Um, one show was called For My Man and the things that they do for their man or you know, or even how men have been abused by women in relationships. I just saw one last night where she was just abusive to him. But it, mm-hmm. one of the things that I recognize and know that even in South Carolina, we were at one time number one as far as domestic violence is concerned. And a lot mm-hmm. of people, unfortunately, don't make it out. Um, and so for you to be able to make it out by the grace of God, that is something because, I, I, you know, I agree for the ones that, you know, were not able to make it out. But something that mm-hmm. you two things that I noticed that you said is that you prayed, God, if you get me out, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I won't go back in. And a lot mm-hmm. of women at that time, they decide when they do decide to get out, uh, police officers tell you that's the most uh, time where you're most at risk. Uh, to be killed mm-hmm. because the the a perpetrator is very angry. He is upset. And so he wants to do everything he can to keep you. And if he can't have you, then nobody can have you. And mm-hmm. so a lot of people and women experience that. But some of them say, you know, I'd rather, you know, die trying than not to get out and be in this relationship anymore and be abused. And so, you know, I pray for those that go through that even now. Amen. And I was there because for the longest, I didn't even want, even though I came back to Greenville, eventually I came back to Greenville. I didn't want nobody to tell him where I was. I kept it. I tried to keep it from, I didn't even tell my family. They just had a phone number because I didn't want, I didn't want nobody to know my whereabouts and I didn't want my, my family in Greenwood to be pressured to tell him because I had two children by him you know, mm-hmm. and I didn't know what he was going to do on a legal perspective, of, even though I had enough witnesses, you know, to verify that he beats me and whatever, but I still, I just didn't want no dealing with him, and even to the point, I didn't even want my children to have no dealing with him, and right. so I did everything in my power to um, not tell him where I was, and but then someone slipped and told and he found us and, and he tried to start the cycle all over again. Mm-hmm. But at that time I was, I was able to get assistance from the, um, the police department. Um, it was hard at first um, getting assistance because um, I think it's getting better now, but back then, even when you call, you know, um, because you was married, you know, they really couldn't force him to, to leave, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. but I think it's getting better now, but, um, it, it was a challenge to get assistance, um, 
with when um you know to get him out the house um when it came right. to the law Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think now, too, like, because if you're living, even if you're not married and somebody may be listening, it's not married and you're in a relationship and you just, you know, kind of joined on and you don't consider yourself, you know, to be a Christian. But at the same time, you're in an abusive relationship and you have that other partner in the house. There are stipulations mm-hmm. for different states to where um, if they are living with you, you have to serve them an eviction notice. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and, and if they don't see you in any imminent danger or like you said, they figure you just married, you need to cool down. They may take him out of the house for the night and put him in jail. But guess what? When he comes back, he's going to be more enraged than he was <laughs> before That's he went it. in. And so mm-hmm. it, it just depends on the state and the laws for each right. state. Right. And I went through that with my baby daughter because my oldest that's when I had to really study up on the cycle and breaking the generational curse because my oldest daughter went into a domestic violence relationship and then my baby girl, now my baby girl went through the worst Mm -hmm. to the point, um, but where she messed up was, and this is one of the things that I encourage anybody that's in a broken relationship and you're scared, still report it you know, mm-hmm. report it as much as you can because it was hard to get even assistance to go out to even just check on my daughter because she never reported. She was too scared to call the police. You right. Know? Right. Because she didn't even though she could call him and he could come back home, but she didn't know what, what was gonna happen when she came back home. So she would never report it. And that was one of the number one questions that the officer kept asking, Why didn't you report? Why didn't you report? You know. Wow. And to finally when he knocked her upside the head and I took her to I had to take her to the hospital. If it wasn't for me, she still wouldn't have reported him dead. And I and I said, Mar, I remember saying, Marjorie, it's either you're gonna stay in it or you're gonna come out. But if you, but if you go back, you ain't gonna make it out this time because right. he was he was beating her that bad. And thank God she she heard the cry of of her as a mother because I was so I was angry, but I want I, at the moment I was angry with her too because mm-hmm. you you're putting your babies in jeopardy you know mm-hmm. because you're fearful but thank god for a safe policeman because we had an officer that knew christ and he stuck by her that night and wow. we pressed charges finally at that moment but you you're so right um things are different now but you got right. to know the law right you got to learn the law, wherever state you're in, you need to know the law um, mm-hmm. because at one, some states, you almost got to be close to death before right. they really help you. Right. And I think it's getting better now because it's so, you know, so prevalent mm-hmm. now. Um, but again, mm-hmm. like you said, we have to, you know, check the law out. Well, we're mm-hmm. kind of running out of a little bit of time. So I want to just okay. ask you, um, what is the most important thing that you would like to share with those that may be experiencing domestic violence in relationships and desire uh, to get out, but they feel that they can't? The most thing that I would encourage someone to say is you can, you can get out. There's ways. God said in his word that he will make a way for your escape. You just got to get the help and know you're not alone. You know, open up your mouth you know, and, and let people know that you're there. You know, mm-hmm. it ain't for us. If somebody came to me right now and say, I'm in a broken relationship, I'm not going to go tell the world, but I'm going to do everything in my power to use the resources to help that person out. So know that there is somebody there for you that's willing to help you. That, that is there where you are. And if we can make it out, so can they they can make it out and we will help and get the support that you need. It's not going to be easy, but at the end of the day, you are a survivor and you can live again and have a new life, a better life, a life with no regrets. Amen. And you know, um, 
also saw one thing where you said now there's safe harbor and counseling and maybe the first mm -hmm. step for some of them would be counseling and i, I, mm -hmm. I caution um, those that are in the ministry because sometimes we don't want to talk to our leaders or our pastors and there's nothing mm -hmm. wrong with getting a, a regular counselor you know mm -mm. that can talk mm -hmm. with you because sometimes that's better you're able to feel more free and to share um and get professional help outside of the church you know as far mm -hmm. as now i might get slapped on the wrist for that but you know sometimes and i've known this um in relationships some spouses feel like the leader may take one side over the other and so mm -hmm. it may be important for them to seek out um, professional counseling elsewhere what do you mm -hmm. think of that I totally agree with you. Um, a I'm even considering it for myself now, even though I'm out of it. Mm -hmm. But because um, now that it's coming up more and I'm sharing my story, <laughs> right. you know, you you can still, even with me talking now, I can still feel a little stuff mm -hmm. turning that I, you know, so that means there's something still there, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So I'm even considering it myself but it's nothing wrong with it. Mm -mm. It's nothing mm -mm. wrong with it. You have, and if you go, one thing that I do recommend, I did the studies on Safe Harbor because when I decided that I wanted to become a licensed coach and a mentor um, for abuse of battered women and young girls, you know, because my relationship started at a young age. Um, when I decided, I did research, and if even if you feel like you there's nobody you can talk to. Safe Harbor has an amazing program. Don't nobody, once you get there, nobody can know where you are. And when right. I tell you they keep everything confidential, but they use resources. They use, they help you to get help. They help you get, put you in the right direction to receive the counseling and help you, give you tools to get back on your feet. I have referred, I think about four women there and now they're doing great they're doing great and they're moving forward with their life so find out get your resources you know if you can't find it out find people like myself apostle um elder you know people that are mm -hmm. in your areas that you know have been through this mm -hmm. you know and they they're they are tools i did research i i found places of where people can go and receive help but safe harbor has a, an amazing amazing program and i wish i had known yes. about it at that time right right and they care about each individual every mm -hmm. survivor that's gone through it i don't like to say victim you, we're survivors you know survivors, every survivor yeah. that has gone through that they are very uh, loving and supporting and helping. And, um, you know, I'm on the United Way board. And so I, um, we support Safe Harbor as well as several other um, abuse centers around mm -hmm. here. So it's very important. Mm -hmm. Well, um, Prophetess Jones, if you would give the listeners your email address that if they want to just um, contact you on email, if you could give them an email address. And also while she's getting ready to give you the email address, if you all that are listening, you have any questions, make sure to comment below or comment after this podcast and be just comment your questions and if you can't reach her then i'll get those questions uh to her as well because we want to be able to get your questions and if it's something that's personal or private we ask that you um email her privately but for those if any comments we just want your comments and your concerns even on this podcast so that i can get it back with her but prophetess what is your email address that they can contact you at Absolutely. It's booking HMJ, booking HMJ at gmail.com. It is a private email. Only my eyes is on it. So um, any, any um, emails or concerns, prayer requests, um, just confidential information that you can reach me there. All right, great. And I want to say again, before we get ready to finish, thank you again, Prophetess thank Jones, you. for just sharing your story. It is truly going to be a treasure to a lot of women. It has already even blessed me. And I know that it's going to be shared with many. And may the Lord continue to add many years to your life. And may he continue to repay you for all that you went through. May the blessings of the Lord add unto your life. And may you be prosperous in everything that you do. And deliverance happen every time you open up your mouth to sing or preach may it change Amen. those around you so thank you so 
much again. And before we go, I want to ask you if you could pray for the listeners and those that may be going through right now in their relationships, if you could just pray for them right now. Amen. Father God, in the name of Jesus, God, we say we say thank you. We honor you right now in the name of Jesus, oh yes, God. Lord. And Father God, we ask, oh God, that if there's any woman, any man, any young person, oh God, whoever it may be that is in a situation, oh God, and they yes, feel like they can't get out, Father God. Father God, I pray, oh God, that you make a way of their yes, escape Lord. right now. We declare and decree, oh God, that they will come out victorious, oh yes, God. Lord. Father God, we make ourselves, oh God, available to them, oh God. God, oh God, so that we can help them, oh God, in the name of Jesus, God, we pray for their strength, we pray for their courage, oh God, to speak out, oh God, in the name of Jesus, oh God, Father God, wrap your love and arms around them, oh God, hear their cry, oh God, in the name of Jesus, oh God, Lord, we thank you right now, oh God, that they will no longer fear, oh God, but they will walk out, God, and with a strong mind, oh God, knowing, God, that their life is going to be changed and there will be a turnaround on their behalf. God, do a work on the inside. In the name of Jesus, we come against the spirit of violence right now. In in the the name name of Jesus. Jesus. Every curse is broken. Domestic violence, we break it at the root of it. In In the the name name of Jesus, Jesus, oh God. And they are survivors. They are soldiers. They are conquerors, oh God. In the name of Jesus, oh God. We thank you for freedom and we thank you for liberty, oh God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 And thank you guys for listening today and check back again next week. We will be having Elder Brownlee sharing her story of domestic violence and we will begin to talk more about it. So thank you guys again for tuning in and listening and we hope to see you guys next week. God bless. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Tasty Tidbits with Dr. Tiffany Watkins. If you're enjoying the show, feel free to subscribe, rate, and share with your friends. To learn more about Dr. Tiffany, check out her blog on goodreads.com or visit her website at www.renewedfaithministriesinc.com. Until next time, stay blessed.